This morning, if you have your Bible, if you would turn with me to the book of John chapter 8 this morning. John chapter 8. Uh, just kind of a little background. I did pioneer in uh, Oklahoma. Amen. That is the other promised land, <laughs> in my opinion. The only, there's only one wrong thing with Texas, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Everything else is all right. Amen. We must have some Cowboy fans in here, somewhere in this area. <laughs> amen. But nevertheless, amen, I, uh, my wife, uh, even though you do not know her, she always says to tell you all hello. Amen. And she's praying for your church and for this revival. Amen. I do have three beautiful little girls, and uh, so you need to pray for me because I'm already getting gray hair. Amen. <laughs> This morning, amen, we are coming into the season of, of Thanksgiving, uh, and Thanksgiving, we all know what happens the day after Thanksgiving, and that's Black Friday, amen, and, and I don't know how it is up here, but in Texas, Black Friday gets wild, amen, there are always, listen, we go out with coffee just to watch the fights, no lie. I mean, it is so crazy that people line up outside of all these stores, and, and they, when the doors open, it's chaos. And so they're always trying to get the best deal. And then so after Thanksgiving, uh, I was working uh, temporarily a couple years back for UPS. And one thing that they tell us is the week before Thanksgiving is the busiest time where packages are delivered because they're stocking up all the stores and the second big, busiest day of UPS is the Monday after, which is known as Cyber Monday, because two things happen. They've either found a deal that's better than they had on Black Friday, and they're returning everything, or they're buying everything off Cyber Monday, and so it's coming in. So that day is chaos. And then we have Christmas, where everyone gets spoiled with all their gifts and everything, and then comes the Monday after Christmas, and they're returning them back. They're making all these exchanges because they want something better or they want uh, they found a better deal. Well, listen, this morning, I want to talk about the exchange this morning, the power of the exchange, which is the title of my sermon, because there are things in life that we pick up along the way. Listen, I have been from uh, uh, from Texas. Amen. There are things that that I have that you don't have. For instance, we have noodling. Y'all don't have noodling. Some of y'all don't even know what noodling is. Does anyone know what noodling is? One person. So let me tell you what noodling is. Noodling is you got this big old long stick and you go into a river and you find holes in the riverbank. And inside these holes, uh, there's about two or three hundred water moccasins. And so you kind of stir up the water moccasins, you get them out of the hole. And in the very back of the hole, there's these big old flathead or blue cats. And you stick your hand in there and they bite your arm and you pull them out. And so, so we have that there, and there are things you pick up that you, you begin to learn of culture and things like that. There are things in life that you have picked up. It could be offenses that have happened in life. Uh, five years ago, I'm serving God. Listen, I, I got launched out into uh, Oklahoma, and I'm going to share a, a lot of my testimony this week with you. Five years ago, listen, I grew up in church my mom and dad uh, raised me in church. I've never seen them fight. They were together 30 years, five years ago. I'm pastoring my church. It's two days before Father's Day, and I get a phone call from my dad. And so we're talking, hey, dad, what's going on? How's life? And he's, oh, everything's good, son. It's good to hear from you. How's, how's your church doing? I tell him, dad, church is going great. Uh, we can't wait to see you. 
And he says, yeah, we, we're hoping to see you soon. We hang up. I tell him, all right, Dad, I love you. He tells me he loves me. Two days later, it's Father's Day. And it's very unusual for me to get a phone call from my dad on Father's Day because I usually beat him to the punch. Well, this morning, I had got a call from my dad on Father's Day. So I answered. I said, happy Father's Day, Dad. I said, you beat me. And this is what I heard. My dad says, I don't want nothing to do with you ever again. I don't want nothing to do with you or your family. I don't want nothing to do with you or your brother. Matter of fact, don't even try contacting me. He hung up, and it's been five years since I've heard from my dad. Listen, there are things in life that happen that offenses may come. There are close family members that have hurt us. There are people in life or bad decisions that we have made, amen, that hunt us today. Uh, I, I know I might look like a goody two-shoes up here, amen, but let me tell you, I grew up in a very rough neighborhood. I grew up around gangs. I grew up around drugs and alcohol, and my friends, amen, were all gang members of MS-13. If you, I don't know if anyone knows that up here, uh, but listen, they were all in part of this, and there were things that happen in life that sometimes you wish you could just start over. There are things in life that sometimes you wish that if you could go back in time, you would change that. There are decisions that have been made where you say, you know what, God, I just, I wish I could go back. And many times through life, we begin to beat ourselves up from our decisions. I'll never forget. My friend Weston was a good friend of mine. We grew up together. And when I got saved, I invited him to church. And he came to church with me. And he said, he, they, they used to call me Farley Boy. He said, Farley Boy, you're, 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 you're freaking out. He said, this whole God thing will pass over and you'll be back to normal. And I said, no, bro, this is real this time, man. I said, I'm done with the party life. He went to a party that weekend and, and was murdered. Many times I beat myself up because the party that he went to was a party that I orchestrated. And I think back and I said, man, if I could just go back and change the things that I have done. Well, listen this morning. In our text in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 36, a very simple portion of Scripture, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. This morning, I want to talk about your freedom this morning. Because what God wants to do for you and I this morning is set us free. I don't care what walk of background you come from. I don't care what has happened to you in life. Listen, my father abandoned me and my family. I, I, I was so upset when my dad left. Even today, sometimes the pain could be so unbearable. But one thing that I have found in Jesus Christ is that he did something for me that I never realized. Amen. How many believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Let me see your hands. Amen. You believe that. Praise God. But can I tell you something? Jesus not only died for your sins, but he died for the sins committed against you. He died for those that have hurt you in past. It could be a brother, a sister. It could be a mom, a dad. It could be an auntie, an uncle. It could be a close friend that you grew up with. But those who have offended you, Jesus didn't only die to pay the price for your sins, but he paid the price for the sins committed against you. I believe this morning that God's people need to make some exchanges this morning. Because, listen, when we talk about salvation and the cross of Calvary, 
Many times the first thought that you and I get when we think of salvation or church is that church is a place where I'm forgiven of sins. Amen? Like I'm going to church because I'm a sinful person. And yes, that is true. But listen, there are benefits to the house of God. And what Jesus Christ did on the cross was not only to forgive you of your sins, but he did many other things. In Galatians chapter 3.13, if you would like this list, I could give it to you. Amen. But in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus became a curse to break every curse in your life. One thing that I found out when my dad left is my dad lived a double life my entire life. Matter of fact, when, what happened was when the divorce was going through between my mom and dad, we never knew that he was living this life. He, uh, he stopped hiding everything. And in the mail came 15 credit cards, all of them maxed out from gambling. And my family has struggled with finances my entire life. And when I saw this, I began to read God's word and I found this scripture. And it says, he became a curse to break curses. It was a curse that was handed down from my father into my life. And he broke that curse on Calvary's cross. Amen. We look in the world today, uh, you can say, oh, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and so, and so I'm an alcoholic. That is a generational curse that is ha handed down. Depression, maybe your mom or your dad is depressed. It could be handed down. Maybe there's sicknesses and diseases that could be handed down. You don't have to live life with these curses because the Bible says that Christ not only died on the cross for your sins, but he came to break the curses in your life. My wife, it was interesting that when I was dating her, I never knew this. But my wife and her family was homeless when I was dating her. And I never knew it. She lived in California. I lived in Texas. We were 24 hours away dating. And the first time that I went to go visit her, I did not even know that they were homeless because they had just gotten their first apartment. And, and so we were dating. And her dad told me this. He said, listen, I'm breaking the curse of poverty in my life. And sure enough, he did. And her family is very blessed today because her dad broke the, this curse. He says, no longer am I going to live this. Her dad was a gang member from San Antonio. You see, when we think of the cross of Calvary, it's far more than just forgiveness of sins. There's a reason why Jesus said you could have life and life more abundant. Because not only did he come to break the curse, and he came to die on the cross. But listen, you could be rich, physically rich in your finances. I'm not talking name and claim it this morning. I'm not talking blab it and grab it. What I'm talking about is physically rich because it is a promise from God. The, the church world today, the religious world, loosely uses this. But God's word verifies what I'm preaching this morning. That if you are struggling financially... You could claim financial freedom and riches according to God's will. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that by his poverty you might become rich. The Bible says he left heaven, he was rich, he was born in a manger, and when he died on the cross, he came to break poverty so you don't have to live in poverty. Oh, I don't know about you, but I claim this for my life. I'm tired. Listen, I used to struggle paycheck to paycheck. And I said, God, I'm tired of this. And I began to read his word. And the Bible says, if you are a tither in this place, it says in Malachi chapter 10, it says, or 310, test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot receive it. He's talking about the tithe. If God wants to open windows of heaven, then that must mean he's okay with us being rich. If you read about David in the Bible, Saul, every person, Job, you, you read it, they were wealthy people. But you see, the problem is, is that our lives are surrounded by curses. And when Jesus died, he came to break curses so that way we could live in the promises of what God has for his church. This morning, if you want to see God move in a supernatural way, then you've got to make an exchange this morning. This is not a revival where I'm here just to preach sermons to you. But listen, I have come this week by invitation, but not only to preach, but to contend with you that God would pour out his spirit not only in your life, but it would overflow into your church and out of your church into the city. It is not just a series of revivals uh, or, or services that we've constructed. But listen, I believe that if God's people would take hold of his promises, that you could truly leave this place different and this church will never be the same. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabashnia, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is one of the most powerful scriptures. When my dad walked out of my life, listen, it was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through in life. But listen, this scripture set me free because listen what Jesus is saying. He's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen, Jesus was rejected by God because he took on the sins of the world. How many of you follow me this morning? And though he was rejected, the reason why he was rejected is so that way you could be accepted by our Father in heaven. Listen, when I was rejected by my earthly father, my heavenly father accepted me in and he was able to heal my life. Listen, there are things that you have been rejected, amen, from family members because of your faith. There have been friends that have caused offenses. They have rejected you because of whatever reason. But the Bible says that God was rejected so you could be accepted. Romans chapter 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God took our old nature. Listen, I used to be addicted to drugs, alcohol. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I was uh, violent. 
And God took my old nature, which is all that, and he gave me a new nature, a nature full of joy, peace, hope, a future, and a destiny. You see, he broke these things on Calvary's cross so that way you don't have to remain the same way. Listen, this morning, if you want to take or be a partaker of the promises, then there has to be an exchange that you make this morning. You could keep everything that you have acquired in this world. You could keep your debt. You could keep your depression. You could keep your Dallas Cowboys that are always losing. Or you could go with the Bears. <laughs> Listen, you could keep all the things in life that, that are breaking you. You could keep all the depression. You could keep all the addiction. You could keep it all. Or you could make an exchange with Jesus this morning for a future and a hope and his promises. Listen, I used to think that serving God was for old people. That's what I used to think. I thought, you know, serving God's for old people because they ain't got nothing better to do in life. They, their life is already over. They're knocking on death's door. And, and you know, that's what, that's what Jesus is for. Listen, I, my entire family is in the ministry. I have three cousins, my uncle, my brother's in Cambodia. I'm the youngest, and I was the rebel. And I used to think, oh, you guys are just doing it because you're too afraid. That's what I used to tell them. And, and little did I know... That when I got saved, it changed my life forever because God gave me a revelation of salvation. Salvation goes beyond the physical and it goes into the supernatural. Listen to what it says in the book of Isaiah. This is probably my favorite verse in the entire word of God. It says Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He was despised and rejected by men. I wonder if on your job you've ever been despised. Like, man, I, I don't know why, but it seems like everyone else is getting the raises. And what's, what's up with me? A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Listen, I'm sure there's folks in here who have gone through some grief in life. We've gone through some sorrows We've been through some dark times, and the Bible says that Christ, he carried those for us. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his stripes we are healed. Listen, he was physically wounded so you could be physically healed. These are promises of God. And he says, listen, I gave my life. Christ lost his life, so you don't have to lose yours. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I used to hang around with all my thug friends, listen, I thought it was, it was all because, you know, that's what was cool. We're a brotherhood. Listen, when I needed them the most, I was getting jumped. Not one of them showed up. When I needed them the most, when I was suicidal in my room, not one of them cared. When the money dried up and I had nothing left, not one of them was there. But instead, one night I was having a party at my house. I was ready to pull the trigger. I was drunk. I was on a four-day drunk. My mom called me and said, you need to come to church. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> she goes, you need to come to church. And I said, okay. Okay. 
I woke up two days later, and I was like, whew, what day is it? Cracked open a beer, and I called her. I said, Mom, did you call me? She goes, yeah, I invited you to church two days ago. <laughs> oh, I showed up to church January 24th, 2012, sick of the way I was living, sick of life. I had so much shame. I was embarrassed. I showed up to church smelling like Jaeger seeping through the pores. I had a cut-off T-shirt. I was addicted to all kinds of drugs. Showed up in basketball shorts. No one wanted to sit next to me because I stunk. But when I raised my hand at the altar, I left that place a different person. I never went back. God broke these things in my life because salvation wasn't, more, wasn't simply, oh, I'm saved now. But he broke the curse of addiction. He broke the curse of depression. He broke my spending habits and gave me financial blessing. God broke, amen, my will, my old nature and gave me a new nature. He came. And when I was rejected by everyone around me who said, Farley boy, you're freaking out. Christ still accepted me. And listen, he accepts you this morning. But the question is, is what will you exchange with Christ this morning? It could just be another service where you come in and say, hey, good word, pastor. It could be a, just one of those services where it's like, yeah. <sighs> Made it a church. Or it could be life-changing. You see, because many times we can look at our circumstances in the physical eyes and say, oh, look, it's just a couple people here. Or you could look at the bigger picture and say, God brought me here because I'm going to be one of the ones to build his kingdom. Listen, what you see, despise not the small beginnings. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to look back in my life and God ask me, where were your hands when I needed them in my church? Where was your tithe? Where were your prayers when I called upon you? I don't ever want to look back at that. Because when I needed Christ the most, when I called out to him, he was there in every area. And this morning, listen, what will you exchange? Will you exchange your debt this morning for financial freedom? See, some people view that and they say, oh, that's impossible. Well, let me tell you what's impossible and then you could talk to me after service. I got announced as an evangelist in 2019. I went full time. I had no job. I have no education, by the way. And I went full-time as an evangelist, believing that God was going to bring revivals. 2020 came. I had 23 revival meetings. I preached two revivals, one in January, one in February. And 23 revivals canceled because of COVID. No jobs were hiring. I had no money. I was in debt, $30,000 in debt. So how are you going to live life in the midst of a pandemic, pay off debt when you can't get a job. If any one of you has the answer, I would love to hear this. Listen, I don't have the answer, and I lived through it. Let me tell you what happened. I'm no longer in debt. My family is still blessed. I never sent a single late payment, and God provided, and I'm still doing what he's called me to do. Why? Because, listen, what Christ did on the cross truly is a promise that you can obtain but do you believe it you see salvation is so simple when we come to the altar we say god i believe that i'm a sinner but i believe you died to pay the price for my sins right that's pretty simple would we all agree well listen just as simple as you prayed and received that promise 
you can receive every promise of freedom the same exact way. Say, God, I believe that you were poor, that in your poverty I might become rich. God, I believe that you were rejected. So no matter who rejects me in this life, I know ultimately, God, that you accept me. God, I know that you broke every curse that is handed down to me so I don't have to live a cursed life. Jeremiah 23, uh, 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Christ has a future for you. Can I tell you this morning? This church does not belong to Pastor Jackson. God anointed Pastor Jackson to lead the church. Oh, listen, is this church your church this morning? You see, it could all be something as simple as, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to that church. But listen, this is God's church, and God will sustain his church. But God's people have to have a revelation of his promise. And the promise that he did on the cross was, the church added was added to daily. But you see, God's people have to obtain the promise first. And this morning, my question is, will you exchange unbelief for faith this morning? Will you exchange your finances for blessing? Will you exchange loneliness for a family? Would you exchange your curses, your poverty, your sins, will you exchange all this for everything that God has for us? Because I believe this morning, how you start this morning of revival off will determine what you get from this revival. As I said, I don't believe in the name and acclaim it doctrine, but I believe in God's word. And God's word says that these are obtainable. And it was purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you believe in the power of the blood, then you believe in the power of the promise. And if you believe in the promise, then you believe that God's word says this promise is for you. You know, many people go through life and they accept everything that is thrown their way. And they never make changes. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there are only some things you could do. Your pastor could preach every sermon, his best sermons at you. We could have the best song service up here and the best worshipers. But listen, only you can make the choice to let go of these areas in your life. Judas is a perfect example of unwilling to let go of a heart issue. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. All you got to do is exchange it this morning. Say, you know, I want the freedom that God offers. I want the love that God offers. Listen, when my father left, I thought <laughs> I, thought I knew what love was. And when my dad left, I, I was shattered. My daughters, my wife's, let me go back to my wife's dad, and I'm going to share the rest of this tonight. My wife's dad, the reason why my oldest daughter we had her when we did is because my wife's dad was dying from diabetes. He passed away in August. My daughter was born in December. And so when my father left, my wife was so heartbroken because now my daughters don't have a grandfather to look up to. 
And let me tell you, when all this took place in life, we have never felt so alone. <clears throat> but I began to pray and ask God. I said, God, this did not catch you by surprise. And I exchanged my hate for my dad, my unforgiveness. I exchanged it all. And I said, God, you broke this curse. And I, I'm going to live in freedom. Listen, my dad, I believe he's going to get saved. Oh, I believe it. I can't wait for that day. But listen, my family is blessed today because I refuse to live with the curses because on the cross of Calvary, Jesus broke them. And he broke these curses when he gave his life for you and I. This morning, what will you exchange? If we could bow our heads in this place and close our eyes, who the sun sets free is free indeed.